What's going on? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you today about how to handle all the political chaos and uncertainty that's going on in America right now. Because shit is getting real, okay? It's a hot summer, it's a long hot summer, and it's gonna get even crazier and wilder, that's my opinion. You know I don't like to do these videos where it's not timeless content. But I felt it's my duty to be able to give you guys a game plan about what to do um, in this wild sort of situation that's going on. Um, you know, my, my most recent videos were about uh, the current uh, situation and how to handle it from an economic perspective. But this one's going to deal with a bit of economics, but as well as, you know, your mental state, um, as the bulk of you guys are Americans. I'm also going to uh, touch on... Um, what to do if you're if you're not an American like me, you're a Canadian, uh, perhaps, and you live uh, in Eastern Europe or or Asia, like I do. So, first things first. Okay, stop watching the news. That's number one. Um, I've spent a good amount of time over the last three months breaking my own rule and getting deep into um, the intricacies of what's going on in in. Uh, the world here because there have been some pretty drastic changes and it's not pretty um, but I felt like it had to be done because I need to have a plan both for myself and for my family and for you guys but uh, you don't need to go down that rabbit hole um, in fact I would probably suggest against it just stay tuned to this channel I'm gonna keep giving you all the information Plan's not going to be all that different anyways. Um, a few updates to the plan that I'm going to give you in this video and will continue to give you over the future. But uh, the news isn't going to make you feel better. News is going to make you feel worse. What you need to focus on right now is, is your business and making sure that you are going to be um, one of the businesses that survives. In any, in any recession, you know, it's like 30% of businesses are done. This one looks like it could be a depression, might be 50%. Okay, guys are going to be getting slaughtered left, right, and center, especially, you know, retail, tourism, all these different things. Hopefully, you're not in one of those industries. Um, but your main focus over the next two, three years is is survival and thrival. Okay, you still want to be pushing the thrival. Um, always pushing the thrival. But, you know, this is what I've been telling you guys forever. To get that business going, to make sure you have online income and to save your fucking money and stack that money, okay? It's for situations like these, all right? You never want to be in a position where you don't have a year's worth of income saved at least, okay? You don't want to have less than 100 grand in the bank um, or that's near liquid ever, okay? Stop watching the news. Number two, focus on survival and thrival. Tune everything out, Okay? Maybe keep posted a little bit on, on the news of what's going on in your state or wherever you're at, but not, not too much by any means. Um, number three, stay the fuck out of the uh, protest or whatever's going on. There's no win for you. And I don't care what side you're on, whether you're on the left or the right. Stay the fuck away from the downtown core if there's anything going on from any type of protest. This is what we call major consequence inequity, Okay. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, can destroy. You could lose your life, but you know your life could be destroyed. Um, there's people getting arrested at every single one of these things. Okay, um, 
you could get beat up, and you could get killed. All right? Um, so stay away from the protests. You as one person are not going to make a difference. Okay? You're not going to make a difference one way or the other. Um, the difference will be made in what happens to your life. Okay? Your life can get destroyed. There is no upside. There's no upside to being at a protest. Okay? Number four, consider moving. Um, you know, if you're in neighborhoods where there's a lot of um, trouble going on, and it looks like there's going to be continued trouble, if you're in the downtown core, wherever else this stuff is going on, in, in, and perhaps you're in states where, um, you know, you, you might feel like there's not police presence anymore, or the, or the police aren't able to do their job, and, and there's protests that are um, becoming out of control. And again, guys, whether you're on one side or the other, um, I will not and refuse to talk about politics on any type of platform. Um, if you want to know more about my views, you have to do, you have to either know me in person or you have to do in-person coaching with me. Okay. So again, I'm saying this to everybody, whether you're on the left or the right, um, as long as you're one of my readers and, and supporters, uh, I don't want you living in a danger zone. Okay. I might mean you have to move within your city. I mean, it might mean you have to move cities also means you might have to move states. You know, you might be in a state right now where um, you don't feel like you fit in or you feel like maybe you're not going to get the protection that you need um, from the authorities. Okay, now I hate to say that because, you know, like in an ideal world, you'd be able to protect yourself. But here's the thing, you know, even if you own a firearm... Like, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to use that and rely on the idea that you can get off on, on self-defense, okay? Not, you don't want to be in any type of conflict whatsoever. Um, certainly not in this climate, okay? Uh, I had a client of mine, actually two clients of mine, you know, in, in the chaos. One of them uh, rented a house up in the mountains. The other one went up to live with his... Um, parents at their ranch uh for you know a week where it was getting really crazy in his city and i think that's a great idea if it if you know if things are going down in your city it seems like um you know that that would be the only way i would keep him uh keeping keeping my focus on the news just to see what's going on in my city but lightly okay and like if you're not in the right position you have to move Okay. The other option is to do what I did. You know, I'm from Canada, so not a whole lot's going on in Canada, as usual. Canadian politics doesn't mean anything anyways. Um, we've got like two tanks, basically. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, but I'm an expat, okay? Not a bad time. To, if you've been thinking about being an expat, you've got online income like I do, you've got a high ticket service business like I've been telling you guys since 2012, um, not a bad time to get away from America, uh, especially because, you know, I mean, you can live so much cheaper abroad when you're making US dollars, but, um, you know, just to be sort of out of that, uh, 
potential chaos and potential, you know, violent situations, but also just to be out of that kind of turmoil that's going on. You know, where I'm in Eastern Europe, there's, there's nothing going on here. Um, you know, there's no kinds of turmoil. There's no political situations. There was a slight political situation last summer. It's lasted for about two days. Um, other than that, it's extremely peaceful. It was the same when I was living in Thailand. You know, I was living in a small mountain town and, and I'm telling you, nothing happened. There was, I've never felt more safe in my life to the point where I just, you know, I would forget to lock my apartment door. I would leave my keys in my motorcycle because people literally don't steal there. Um, so there's so many other places in the world. Don't, don't buy into the propaganda that like, you know, America is the safest place to be. And like, America is the only place with good health care. That's not true at all. You know, Thailand and Malaysia have excellent hospitals for medical tourism. And I felt way safer in Thailand than I ever did in, in Toronto. And Toronto supposedly a safe big city. Okay. Way safer. I feel safer in Eastern Europe than I did in Toronto. If you can believe that. Okay. So, but if you're not ready to make the move, and maybe you're not ready for a vacation right now, something to consider is the elections on November 4th. Not being in America during that election is not the worst idea in the world. Okay. Because win or lose, whoever wins or loses, um, man, I predict turmoil. I also predict that this summer leading up to the election in the fall is even going to get crazier. Um, they're also talking about uh, another situation might happen in the fall um, uh, in regards to, you know, you having uh, being confined to your home. So if you want to visit another country, um, you might want to get out of there before the fall, just in case uh, that situation happens again. Um, you know, I was confined here in Eastern Europe, perfectly fine. Okay. Um, you know, I've got guys who are confined in Asia, perfectly fine. As long as you have money. As long as you have money. Okay. Um, so that's certainly something to consider. Okay. Don't think just because it's America that, that things won't happen. Um, in the 20th century, almost every country had a war within its borders. Almost everyone at, at um, one point in time. I mean, we're talking about all of Europe, all, almost all of Latin America. Um, the bulk of the world suffered through, through wars. It was an anomaly that America didn't have a war within its border. <coughs> I would not bet on that again this century. Okay, um, I thought that the war would probably come from Mexico, what with the strength of the cartels and all these things, but um, civil war is an option too, okay, the way that things are going. So don't think that it can't happen. And, and you know, long periods of peace are the anomaly, guys. Long periods of peace are the anomaly, not war. War is a constant in human history, okay? So... Don't think that it can't happen and, and don't have any kind of static beliefs on things. You know, every 15 years, countries change massively. Situations change massively. You know, I'm here in Eastern Europe. And when I was growing up, there, there was still um, communism. This was part of the USSR. Now, it's a, a great place to do business and super cheap to live. And, and 
There's a lot of nice cafes and, and tons of tourists and all that stuff. So things change massively and they change rapidly every 15 years. So don't get caught slipping, okay? Um, the next point, and this is something I've covered in the last video, is, is the economic factor, okay? Um, when it comes to making money, I'm, I'm big into like having a high ticket, super high margin service business where you're getting like a thousand percent return and then dumping your money back into that business. And a great way to do that is, is to be able to advertise that high ticket service where you can get a two or three X or 10 X return on your Facebook and Google ads and things of that nature. Okay. This is an excellent thing to do with your money. If you look at the fortune, sorry, the Forbes 500, every single one of those guys got massively wealthy from one business and dumping all their money back into that business. Okay. That's why I don't harp too much on, on, um, you know, bonds and real estate and things of that nature. Although, you know, I, I like bonds as an, an investment. Well, I shouldn't say I like, I don't really like any investment, but it's the one that I probably dislike the least in the sense of if you're already wealthy. Okay. But most of you guys just got to focus on stacking to 100K, 250K liquid, liquid or semi-liquid. Okay. If you're not, if you're not making six figures, that's what you got to get solved. And then you got to stack money. Okay. Um, before you worry too much about what to do with that money. That being said, um, as I mentioned, I care a lot more about wealth protection than I do about wealth appreciation because to me, the wealth appreciation, the bulk of it should ideally come from that, um, you know, that, that high ticket, high margin business that you're dumping money back into and, and at a high return and, and getting that compound interest on it. Okay. But wealth appreciation, and this is one of the things that I'm considering um, is I'm moving towards more of the kitchen sink plan. Okay. And that comes from the expression, like throw everything and the kitchen sink at the problem. And what that means is basically throw everything at it. Okay. And what I'm talking about is like owning, you know, 10 currencies, um, bank accounts across the world, property, gold and silver, crypto. Um, and the answer just being yes to all that. <laughs> right? With no idea where, you know, which one's going to lead and which one's going to lag, but with the idea of like trying to preserve the amount of wealth that you have. Reason being, I get paid in US dollars and I've got a, a good amount of money in held in US dollars. Not particularly comfortable with that idea when I see a country when I see the most chaos that I've seen in America in my 38 years on this planet, okay, um, you know, five, 10 years from now, I might be charging clients in a different currency, possibly before that. I don't know. Um, so that's one, one area of it. And the other area is, um, you know, the, the actual wealth that I have. So I already own, you know, I've got... A lot of bank accounts around the world. Um, I'm trying to fill up this debit card wallet that I have, which is basically kind of looks like a big purse, so I don't take it anywhere. But I'm trying to fill that up with um, as many bank accounts as I have. Um, this year, I'll probably go ahead and get a Philippine bank account and, and get some pesos in there because I'm going to plan on spending time there as well. It certainly helps for my lifestyle too when I spend time in different countries and, and um, can own and use the local currency. 
Um, but don't think that, you know, it's only like commodities or instruments that appreciate. Um, you know, I've, I've been owning Tybot since 2012. Or sorry, I think uh, 2014 rather. Um, and that's appreciated something like 17% um, in these last, I guess, six years since I first went to, you know, when I first went to Thailand. Okay, now I, now I can't take any credit for that. You know, I was just dumping money into there because basically as a hedge and because I could use it. Um, but, uh, you know, don't forget currency appreciates as well. Okay, everything either is appreciating or depreciating. The difference is you can actually use the currency. Okay, that's the great thing. You can use the currency. I can't use gold. You know what um, kept me going? during the uh, confinement situation it was a local bank debit card in the local currency and I just lived off food delivery gold bars would have been useless to me because there wasn't even anybody open to buy the gold okay absolutely useless um, so would certificates of gold okay now that's not to say that um, if you like you can't buy physical gold and silver if you want to as part of the kitchen sink hedge, okay, as part of this big hedge or, you know, um, a gold ETF or a silver ETF, okay? Um, and you guys know I don't like crypto, but I'm saying that could be a hedge as well. I, although I don't, I'm not a big fan of just dumping it all into Bitcoin. I would say like, you know, again, you treat it like the currencies. You buy a... Um, basket of coins per se. Um, now, that's not a definitive plan, but I'm saying if you are worried about um, your wealth protection, I'm starting to move more into just yes, just all of that, okay? And perhaps property. Although, I don't know if you'd want to be buying property right now in America because I feel like you might want to wait for that market to fall apart over the next couple of years. Um, I would feel like there's more to go on the, on the downside, um, seeing as we could be in a, in a depression there. Um, also not a huge fan of guys getting a mortgage, you know. Um, but I do know uh, Andrew from Nomad Capitalist, and he's got properties all over the world, you know, and in places where like, you know, 150 grand can get you an excellent condo, excellent condo in, in the downtown city center. And he um, spends time on all those properties and he has his clothes there and his um, phone charger and all that good stuff. And I think that is both an excellent hedge against um, volatility in the banking system and, and currencies, as well as a pretty awesome lifestyle. And it's something I'm considering um, for the near future. I just have to stabilize in, in, in terms of which countries I do want to live in for the long term. And I'm still kind of working through that plan. So um, to make a long point kind of shorter, uh, if you are worried about the U.S. dollar and having the bulk of your wealth in the U.S. dollar, consider... Uh, putting a kitchen sink hedge together and you don't have to start you know with property all that stuff you can just start with like okay you know getting some euro getting some 
um, different country uh, uh, currencies. And ideally, they're going to be currencies of like countries that you would visit anyways. Because if you're not traveling, man, you should be traveling. You, like, or not traveling, living in different countries at least. Because it's a blast. Okay. Traveling itself sucks. Um, so that's something to seriously consider. Also, guys, if you're an American, I want you to have accounts with, at minimum, the big four banks. Okay. JP Morgan Chase, um, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citibank. Okay. Even though they all have terrible balance sheets and trillions of dollars of toxic derivatives. I'm, I'm talking about if you're an American. If you're not an American, I wouldn't even fuck with any American bank. Okay. The reason being is um, if one of them goes down in this depression, it's probably going to get bailed out. Whereas the smaller banks with balance sheets that are, you know, maybe not as bad, probably won't get bailed out. Okay, but I also wouldn't want you to have all your money in, say, Wells Fargo in case it doesn't get bailed out. And you're basically sitting there hoping that, you know, the FDIC is going to honor your depositor's insurance and all the other people's depositor's insurance. And, and you know, you're going to be able to get your money. But even if even if they do and you're able to get your money, it might take you, I don't know, six months or a year to get that money back. And I wouldn't want you to be in that position with all of your savings, okay, because banks can and do fail. Um, but I would want you to be in the, the, the big four, too big to bail, too big to fail banks, ideally, with your money spread out um, within those banks. And, you know, you can create, you know, your kitchen sink hedges across those bank accounts. Because, guys, don't forget, you got to hedge your bank accounts, too. You don't want all your eggs in one basket, okay? And if you are going to travel, um Opening second bank accounts in, in foreign countries, I think, is a, is a great idea, especially if you're going to live there anyways. And you can get, you know, the local currency, which is exotic and fun. It's like, you know, if you go to Thailand and you get uh, um, a language visa there, at least when I was there, you can get an account with Bangkok Bank and own Thai Bot and be able to use that every time you go into Thailand and have that, um, you know, put some money in there every month or every quarter and, and, and be able to get a hedge, not just with the currency that you might not be able to buy in your home bank, but with a foreign bank account. Okay. So we're just talking about, um, increasing the amount of security that you have. Okay. But I want you to get those big four banks. And then if you want to get even safer, you can get accounts with, uh, BMO Harris and TD bank. Okay, these are the, the American um, subsidiaries of those. Those are the uh, two of the biggest Canadian banks. So in Canada, we really only have four banks, and they're each like 150 years old. And I would say it's extremely unlikely, extremely, extremely unlikely that any of those would go under. The balance sheets are better than the American banks. And it's not like America where you have hundreds of banks. It's like there's only four. Um, and if worst case scenario, they're almost a certainty that they would get bailed out by the Canadian government. And so you could get um, into those American subsidiaries as well. Um, I actually think they're safer than those big four American banks, but they don't have as good um, credit card products, okay? Which brings me to my next point would be like, you know, as Biggie Small said, that motherfucking credit, get it, okay? I would get... Um, all the credit you possibly can from each one of those American banks that you own, okay? Because 
America has the best credit card products in the world. I mean, you can get free flights all over the world with an Air Miles card or whatever, whatever you guys call Air Miles. I think Air Miles is Canadian. Um, but, you know, I got my first flight to Thailand and my flight back from, you know, using my Canadian credit card to pay my rent and other stuff. But, um, you know, I would be using that credit card to try, like, to ideally buy everything, you know. Because, um, number one, uh, if, if there's a fraud on the account, like, you don't have to pay for it. The bank does. And the bank will probably notify you before you realize. And number two... Um, you get those sweet points, okay? But also, um, you know, let's say you have a good income, you might be able to get 20, 30 grand, you know, 50, 70 grand per bank that you're at, okay? You know, that adds up to 150, 100, 200, 300, um, depending on your income and your net worth of credit that's available to you for a worst case scenario. Okay, now, I am not telling you to go into debt. I'm the exact opposite. You should never have, ideally, any debt. The only the only good debt is corporate debt that, you, that you're not on the hook for, okay? You know, playing with other people's money. Personal debt, not, not the case, okay? You're on the hook for all of that. So I don't want you to have any debt and I want you to pay that credit card bill off you know, 100% every month. However, okay, if we're talking about financial security and we're starting to hedge a little bit and get these different bank accounts, it doesn't hurt to have access to 50, 100, $200,000 in credit. This is what I tell all my clients. Um, a couple of them are, are coming out to be expats this year and I'm making sure they get all the credit before they leave, just in case, okay? Also, psychologically, um, makes you feel a lot better, you know, when you have all that, all that credit. That being said, if you're not an American, um, I don't recommend this strategy because let's say you're a Canadian like I am, you know, you want to prove that you're legally non-resident of Canada if you become an expat, okay? And so you don't want to have credit cards. You don't want to have any ties to Canada outside of a, um, perhaps a bank account, okay? But you don't use that bank account for business. It's basically just a savings account. Occasionally, you might deposit some money into there from your other international bank accounts. But America, you can't, um, you're paying taxes regardless, wherever you are in the world. However, you do get that um, foreign earned income exclusion on that first $100,000, uh, which is fan phenomenal, you know, um, which is why, you know, it makes a lot of sense for you to move offshore if you've got... Um, online income, okay? Um, because that first 100K that you make is tax-free, you still have to file a return, okay? But the good thing about being an American is you can use your American bank accounts with impunity. You don't have to get, you know, all these different bank accounts. You can keep using your same corporate structure. Um, you know, you just file your return as, as is um, and, and deduct that 100K exemption and can still keep all your bank accounts and credit cards and all that good stuff. So there is some advantages to that. Whereas me as a Canadian or as an Australian, you really don't want to use like just minimal use of those bank accounts whatsoever. No credit cards. Um, you know, my accountant said I probably, you know, shouldn't even use own stocks or bonds within my Canadian account. 
ideally. Um, and you definitely don't want to use it for any type of business at all. Okay, so there are some advantages to um, being an expat as an American. Okay. Um, the expatriate route is also good in the sense of a lot of people think it's risky, right? Oh, it's risky to go live in the Philippines. Well, if you're living in Bonifacio, a global city, it's, I was there, it felt super safe. If you're living in Thailand, it feels super safe. It's less risky in the sense of like, you can live comfortable on a thousand dollars a month. I wouldn't recommend it, you know, but I mean like you can live a 1% lifestyle on a thousand dollars a month. Okay. In Chiang Mai, um, 2000, you're living super comfortable. Okay. 3000, you're living a, probably a, a 0.1% or 0.01% lifestyle. So you can afford to live so much cheaper, right? And you're paying significantly less in taxes, or maybe you're legally not required to pay taxes because you're a legal expatriate and you've got tax residents in a foreign country, okay? So, or like at least legally uh, not obligated to your home country's taxes per se, but that's a, another issue. Um, so it becomes a lot less risky for you. Like let's, you know, let's say we're in a depression right now. Okay. You know, if you're, if you're selling personal training or something, you can, you can afford to sell, um, a Godfather offer, you know, this great package at a much lower price than your competitors and be able to take all that business and be able to sweep up all those people who, who no longer could afford, you know, the old personal training rates. But you can still live a killer lifestyle because you're over in the Philippines or Thailand. Okay, that's what I'm doing with, with one of my clients right now. Okay, we dropped the price. We put a godfather offer together, which is an offer that's too good to refuse. We're running ads on it. Um, and he's looking at, uh, you know, moving abroad before the election happens. Okay, now I also have clients that don't want to move abroad. They love America and that's fine. So it's not like I'm trying to impose this lifestyle on you. But I'm saying in a way... It's a lot less risky. Like assuming you've got cash saved, okay, um, and you've got you know three, four, five, six, seven grand coming in a month, you're wealthy in most countries in the world. All right, you're wealthy, and there's going to be a lot less pressure on you over the next couple of years where you know a lot of businesses are going to go under. Like you can you can get by on two grand a month, you know. For a couple months, if you have a couple slow months, okay, you can crush on four grand a month. You can, you know, I mean, the amount of, the amount of money I've saved by living abroad is crazy. I mean, I don't spend, I probably spend three grand a month and I just dump the rest back into savings. Um, and that, you know, that part of that includes like, you know, the people that I pay for my business. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy value. And I mean, like I haven't cooked in six years. I haven't cleaned in six years. I haven't done laundry actually more than that. Um, we're talking about food delivery. We're talking about, we're talking about living good. Okay. So that's something to consider. You know, if you haven't considered expatriating from America, I would consider it. Okay. Now, um, another point on, on the economy is, there's two things to watch. If you are a um, an American 
and living in America, you want to watch out for inflation within the country. Like you want to be looking at um, uh, the price of food and the price of goods and services and, and, and keep an eye on that. Um, not so much for standard level inflation, just to just I would keep an eye on a hyperinflation scenario. I don't have the chart to measure um, inter-America inflation, although I'm sure there is one. Um, you know, you can you can look at the like there's a yearly inflation chart, but I, I don't know if there's a month to one month one. But there is a daily chart for uh, the U.S. dollar index, which compares the U.S. dollar to a basket of currencies. Okay, so that's something you can monitor for both inter-American inflation, which is inflation um, within America, like versus your U.S. dollar uh, versus how much you know milk and food and stuff you can buy, and then there's intra-inflation. I don't even know if the inflation is the right word, but that would be like the strength of the U.S. dollar compared to other currencies. So I don't give a shit about American food prices because I'll never live in America. I'll probably never even go to America. I mean, just the idea of going through you know, the customs there and all that stuff is, is, you know, quite a turnoff for me. Um, but I care a lot about the strength of the U S dollar in comparison to other currencies. Cause I get a fantastic arbitrage right now. Okay. So I'm watching that, um, quite vigilantly, you know, and, I, and if I see the dollar start to dip, I start to put more of my U S dollars into different currencies. As we speak, I'm allocating more of my monthly savings into, Canadian dollars, Thai baht, um, you know, the Eastern European currency that I own and, um, you know, different, different currencies as well. I'm looking to get more bank accounts, more currencies. Um, you know, I'm considering, I'm also considering, um, you know, different vehicles and things like that. As I said, I'm not sure about the property yet because I would want to be able to make sure that I'm, I'm solidified and living in that country, in that location and, and, um, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, I'm also looking at, and of course, euros and, and stuff like that. And I'm looking at Swiss accounts and Singapore accounts and, and things of that nature, even though just so you know, guys, um, for like a good Singapore Swiss account, you're usually looking at like a 250,000, uh, minimum deposit. Okay. Um, because it's a pain in the ass for them to deal with foreigners. So they're really only taking, you know, people with a certain level of wealth. But those are the best countries to preserve your wealth in. Singapore, private banks in Singapore and um, Switzerland. I guess as well, like, you know, Liechtenstein as well. Um, so those, those are things on my radar. But ultimately, as long as the U.S. dollar um, continues to stay stable, which it, it's it's been surprisingly stable through all this chaos i'm good and i don't really give a shit about the market because i'm not owning u.s stocks okay i'll never buy stocks i was a former pro trader um everybody i know that was a pro trader that really made a lot of money in the market is not a stock owner okay i've got a lot of videos and articles on that if you want to check it out so the u.s dollar index is is something to keep your eye on um and i hope at least, you know, from a selfish perspective that um, the U.S. recovers and, and, and continues on an upward trend. And that would be fantastic because I've got a lot of clients from America and I want to keep selling to you guys. And, um, but, I mean, I do sell a high ticket service. So I feel like, you know, even if the economy struggles, there's enough guys with money 
who are going to be able to come on board or guys who want to make more money. Um, but like I said, guys, that's why you want to be in the high ticket service business to where your clients aren't affected by, um, you know, what's going on in the market um, or what's going on, the political chaos in, in the country because they're living somewhere safe in a, in a wealthy neighborhood. Those are the kind of people, you know, you want to be dealing with from a survival and thrival perspective. Um, you know, you want to be you want to be servicing people who have money because they can afford to pay. Okay, as ruthless as that sounds, high ticket service is the way to go. Um, if you can't get high ticket service, start with you know medium ticket or even you know a low ticket and and increase your price as you continue to um, adjust with demand. And uh, if you want to see more about this, check out my entrepreneurship playlist on YouTube. It's got. Um, 100 plus videos on making money and, and business and all that stuff. And stay tuned for my course coming out. Probably going to be the end of this year. Um, it's just going to have a ridiculous amount of gain for you. And you can also uh, sign up for my coaching, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching if you want uh, personal customized help with all this stuff because it's it's a pretty chaotic situation. Um. But ultimately, you know, I hope this this video was valuable to you. Again, if you're not a U.S. citizen, okay, the the um, the chart you want to keep your eye on is that U.S. dollar index chart, okay. And you want to consider, like, if you see the U.S. dollar starting to drop, you want to consider moving that cash out of that um, U.S. dollar, um, okay. And just one more point on that, like. When people talk about financial diversity, they're like, oh, diversity, diversify into stocks and bonds. It's such a small thing, okay? Because even in that case, you're usually talking about like owning stocks and bonds within your country, okay? You're still tied to the economy of that country and you're still tied to the the dollar or whatever the, the currency is of that country. Like you guys want, you know, you want to be thinking worldwide, okay? You can get bonds from any country you want. You can get any currency you want. You can get um, commodities um, in different bank accounts worldwide. You can get bank accounts across the world, okay? You can get properties across the world when you have the funds to do it. That's true diversity. That's true um, hedging, okay? That's true, uh, you know, kitchen sink hedging. Um, and again, I can't give you... You know, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Um, I'm a college dropout, so take it for what it's worth. But, uh, you know, I've made six figures in, in three industries. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for, I think, 11 years. I've, I've done, you know, I would say decently well. Um, and, you know, those are just things to consider, you know. Um, true diversity, true wealth protection. Okay, and, and it never stops. All right. Don't just think if you make and have a bunch of money saved, you know, you're not going to worry about money. You're just going to worry about different things. Okay. You're going to worry about stuff like the US dollar index, right? Which is like maybe this is the first introduction to you for, for worrying about those kind of things. But I'd rather have you know about it early on um, and, and be able to make plans and preparations for it um, in advance. Okay. But, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, okay, don't let this 
don't let what I'm saying freak you out too much. Just focus on, on getting your business to six figures. Make sure you're getting online income because of, you know, there could very well be multiple confinement situations going on in the next couple of years. So you want to be able to make money regardless of that, make money online um, and service high ticket people and then stack that cash to at least a hundred grand, you know, and reinvest it back into your, your business. Um, because odds are the U.S. dollar isn't going to collapse, okay? Odds are. And odds are the market's probably not going to collapse. It might take another hit, but odds are the U.S. financial system isn't going to collapse. I'm just, I'm just kind of um, giving you guys some options for, for hedging. But, um, you know, odds are you're going to be good. Just, you know, make sure you're in the right industry. Make sure it's a high margin industry. Make sure you've got low overhead. Make sure your margins are crazy. Make sure you can get 2 to 3x to maybe 10x on your ads. Make sure you're servicing either wealthy people or people who can at least afford you to pay um, you know, your $1,000 a month per client. All that stuff that I'm, I've been telling you guys about. And if you're a young, hardworking, um, industrious man, or even if you're you know, a guy in your late 30s like me, you're going to be good. Keep those expenses down. Keep saving money. Um, you know, And you're going to get through all this. Okay, um, this too shall pass. This too shall pass, just like everything else, you know. Um, and there's still tremendous opportunity around the world. I still would, would choose this time to be alive in history over any other time, hands down. Um, so keep your head up, power through. And if you need help with any of this stuff, holler at your boy, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. I hope you found this message useful. Um, and uh, God bless you guys.